Welcome to Gagaris Mammal. This is your friendly host, Kate, with you today. And I'd like to share something a little bit special. We recently went to Vilnius, Lithuania, with the Innovation House Telesoftus. And I met with a rather interesting company called Deepa. And they basically are a sonar fish finder company using IoT and sonar technology to find fish for commercial hobbyist and competitive fisher fishermen, fisher people, is there a term there? I'm just going to use fisher people for sake of um, clarity. And I'd like to share the interview I did with their chief innovation officer, Donatas Malinowskis. And apologies there, Donatas, I've most likely pronounced your name a little bit wrong, being Australian rather than Lithuanian. And I apologise, this um, content is not the best audio quality in that we were sitting in a cafe uh, to do the interview, but we hope that the... You know, the quality of the um, the conversation uh, offsets that. Um, our company started uh, six years ago, uh, yep. and uh, we had just uh, an idea, and uh, we saw the opportunity to give totally uh, new tool for anglers uh, to understand what is uh, going on in the world. Basically, what we did, we gave that tool for those anglers who were not able to use uh, sonars uh, before, uh, because this technology was available only for those who had uh, both or other uh, vehicle, and you needed something uh, to have uh, to go yep. to the lake. But a lot of anglers actually they go to the bank and they fish from the shore, yeah. mm. and they were not able to use any technology to see under. So what we did, uh, we made some are small, uh, we made them castable, so you can attach it to fishing line, cast it into the water, and then it starts scanning uh, underwater using sonar, uh, ultrasound, and send data into your mobile phone. So basically we combine several already existing technologies in a totally new device, and uh, we enabled uh, our customers uh, to find the best fishing spots using technology. So this is the story um, of the product itself. Was one of you a fisher person, an angler? Or? Uh, <laughs> we had two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, we had uh, the uh, uh, anglers, and they like uh, fishing. So they got an idea and they saw this opportunity. Ooh, what's the technology like in that space? I mean, I, I've always been under the impression uh, that this is probably not true. <laughs> that the people who go fishing like to kind of maybe get away from technology or like to think that they know best, you know, their techniques of sticking their finger in the water or whatever are the, you know, the best way. They don't need anyone else telling them what the, <laughs> what the best way is. You know, you, know uh, you would like, you would find a lot of different people. Yeah. Obvious. So some of them are just looking for opportunity to go away from technology. Uh, some are very um, concentrated uh, to the result. Yeah. Uh, some are just spending um, good time in, uh, in uh, um, let's say, nature. Yeah. 
But anyway, Angon is about uh, spending time in nature and uh, catching fish. So uh, it has a lot of different aspects. Okay. And when you try to find a good fishing spot, uh, you need to emphasize a lot of things, like weather, pressure, type of fish, uh, equipment you have, and so on. Uh, so what we did, we gave uh, another tool uh, to understand what is happening when. And that doesn't mean uh, cheating or, or gaining uh, um, maybe unfair advantage. Yeah. Because uh, even if you know that fish is there, you just, that doesn't mean that doesn't you can catch it. Catch it. Yeah, exactly. You still need to find no. a proper rule. Uh, you still need to understand if it's proper time, because maybe the fish is not feeding at you and feeding at the moment. And you will not do anything even knowing that it is there. But even that uh, is just small part. Is it, is it mostly amateurs or is it also, I don't know, I guess professional fisher, fishing this has other tools, but so it's mostly amateurs and people in their spare time, I guess. Yeah, if we yeah. are talking about anglers, uh, it's very difficult to, to talk about professional and non-professional. Okay. Of course, there are fisheries and so on when you yeah. are catching like with nets and so on, so we're not talking no. about this uh, area. The commercial area. Yeah. yeah, we're both from Australia, and I also spent some time in New Zealand with a, with a fisher. Anger, the anger to me doesn't sound right. I'm going to keep saying fisher person. I don't know. Anyway, it's, um, it's different. Is it, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, and they have lots of uh, there. They have lots of laws about what fish you can keep, and if they're too small, you have to put them back. So does the device help with anything like that, like conforming with local laws about showing you, well, there's lots of fish here, but you can't actually catch any of them? We can't uh, tell exactly yeah. what kind of fish, but uh, you can uh, have an uh, impression how big it, it is. Okay. So uh, if you are going for large fish or small or medium, you can distinguish and, uh, of course, uh, catch a lot to catch that particular, in, in that particular place, maybe move to the next place and so on. Uh, but there are some regulations in some very small parts of uh, countries uh, who are not allowing to use uh, sonars at all. Uh, so, but it's a very uncommon thing, uh, and usually that's just another tool. So, what's the sonar actually detecting? Like you mentioned, the size of the fish. Is it the quality of the water? Is it the depth? Like, what kinds of things are we looking? Are we measuring? So. Uh, the things which uh, SAR is measuring is quite limited thing. Usually what you get, you get uh, the depth. Uh, you get uh, um, reflections, ultrasound reflections from the objects. And then already is uh, all the imagination and uh, your uh, mastery. What are you going to do with all those uh, this data? So uh, we have been working really hard uh, uh, to create proper algorithms to understand what is going on then in the water and give us information to uh, our anglers. And when it comes to the anglers and previous uh, question about the professional, non-professional yeah. and so on, so even if the people are not catching for the food, uh, the fish I mean, uh, there are still professional anglers uh, yeah. who are right. um, sporty yeah. because uh, angling basically is sport. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that's especially the case in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people while living from fishing, but not bringing the fish to, to, to the pot. Yeah, yeah. And to the yeah. kitchen. Yeah. So, uh, there are a lot of uh, different kind of uh, events where people go. We have... Uh, Competitive events, yeah. That's the word, basically. Mm. So, they are also using uh, our tools and uh, our sonars, and this is uh, a one thing. And uh, for them, it's more important, and, and more professional anglers, it's more important to find proper place. So they are looking uh, for some specific features, like uh, holes, uh, like some vegetation, and so on. And people who are spending less time on the water, uh, they need the information which is more, let's say, um, prepared for them. So they need uh, to find proper spots without uh, analyzing or spending a lot of time yeah. uh, checking the water. Yeah. And so, so we are trying to fit both groups uh, and we are working uh, hard with uh, those little things which we can measure and converting them to proper information. And what was the testing process like when you were developing the product? Yeah, it's very nice actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we are posting well, yeah. very often into the Facebook and over. I'm working, really I'm working. Yeah, we are working really hard and we see the picture of the lake <laughs> sitting somewhere on the shore. <laughs> and of course we have some equipment, we have computers uh, yeah. and so on, but still it's uh, good weather usually, but sometimes it's raining and so on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's still work. Yeah, exactly. And when we have been uh, working on the first version of Deeper, uh, we have counted that we, that we have spent more than 300 hours uh, testing on field. Yeah. So this this is not included uh, working uh, time in the lab uh, yeah. and so on, modeling, working with computers. But when you go actually to the field, uh, you are putting sonar into the lake, into the water, recording data, analyzing data, updating your software, updating algorithms, and so on. So that gives a lot of fun. Yeah. Because you're working with real uh, work, yeah. world, with uh, real stuff, uh, and uh, also with data, and so on. Yeah. And is there any plans to expand it into including sensors or anything like that to look at the, you know, some of the other water quality. conservation issues or, you know, breeding issues of fishery? Yeah, so... Um, of course, we are going to improve uh, Sonar itself. Um, there are a lot of uh, ways how we can give even more information to our customers yeah. and provide even uh, better quality information. But also, uh, we are working uh, with data which is coming to our uh, systems. Because, uh, What's the latency like on the data? Sorry? What's the latency like on latency? the data? Latency? Yeah. Uh, for people uh, who are standing on yeah. the shore, so yeah. it's almost uh, real time. We are talking about milliseconds. Uh, wow. Uh, so, it, and it's very important in some cases. For example, if we have ice, ice fishing, yeah. we don't have anything like that in Australia, I believe. But uh, it's very popular in Canada and yeah. parts of the US and uh, 
and also few in Europe, of yeah. course, often. And maybe, yeah. And in this case, uh, fish is it's uh, very lazy. It's cold. They are slow. Yeah, right. Uh, they are not feeding very often. And uh, the challenge is to find the fish and the position lure exactly where the fish is. So you need real time and see if your lure is exactly where is the fish. So your question is actually really good because in that case latency is very important. Does it connect with Bluetooth? Uh, with Wi-Fi. With wi- so point-to-point connection. Yes. So you get more range because that was my question. Bluetooth yes. is not very... Yes. Yeah, I was thinking like what... How hard is it to get co- connectivity if you're out in No, you know, it's, it's connecting only phone. On the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually, though, I'd be interested I was just pitching on the how this how this looks. So, firstly, the device, how large is it? And do you keep it on your rod whilst you're fishing, or do you have to take it off again? So, where does it fit? Yeah, I'm just thinking that my dad and I didn't bring uh, any of our products. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guessing it's quite small. Then. Yeah, it's very small. It's yeah. uh, we have uh, now uh, three products, sonars, um, and the two of them look uh, from externally exactly the same. So they are small balls, six and, 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 six and a half centimeter diameter, and um, it's a little bit uh, less than one hundred grams. Uh, because uh, anglers often have like little weights on the end of the line anyway, don't they? I guess I think. Well, uh, what do you mean? I know, I feel like I've seen like above the hook. You sometimes have those bobbers, yeah, uh, you mean? Yeah, it must be. And I, so I'm guessing Something. it kind of is the same size as one of those? I don't know. Uh, no, it's a little bit uh, larger one. Okay. Yeah. And you attach it to, to the end of the line, not in the middle like a bobber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you just cast it. Yeah. Initially, uh, you will go to, to some particular place and you scan the area mm-hmm. and see what's... Uh, uh, what's happening there on the screen um, in some cases uh, you can make bathymetry uh, maps so that's a thing with uh, like a map augmented with uh, depths and you can understand uh, where are shallows where are holes and so on and from that information then you already start to fish you put uh, aside sonar and you start uh, doing the main work. can you show us what the app looks like uh, yeah sure I can show the app how it looks like um, we have recorded uh, during those 300 hours and uh, and other times um, yeah I know you because I recently went on a, a glass bottom boat and saw what the ocean floor looks like. And it, you're right, it's very. Maybe you can show the simulation, yeah? Yeah, so uh, this is uh, some eye view. And uh, what is happening there, uh, you can see uh, the bottom. This is a school of fish. Okay. And when sonar is moving, it's scanning what is in the water. And then you see, like, uh, it's not uh, an actual image because uh, we're working with sound, with ultrasound. Oh, okay. And we need to visualize this uh, for people. Um, this is uh, some vegetation in the water. Yes. Some weeds are growing uh, in this place. Um, and so on. And this is the view which you see when you cast a real uh, in uh, device. Um, maybe I can show you. 
you see two things. Uh, one is the map yeah. uh, with the depths, so we can uh, understand exactly what is going on there, mm-hmm. uh, and different uh, colors are representing dif- different yep. uh, depths. And also, what was uh, going on there, in particular place, uh, uh, with the bottom uh, fish and so on. What kind of, uh, like, is there pe- people who use the app? Um, like it looks quite technical. Do you, how, how hard is it to make them you know understand it? Like, is there a training kind of process or you know? Yeah, so we have a lot of videos. Yeah. Uh, some of them are made by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, how to use them in particular cases. Um, but also there are a lot of content created by our customers already because we go uh, and actually it would be all, almost impossible to make a video about every angle of style. Yeah. Because right. all over the world there are a lot of different styles. And that was also um, something very new for us because in Lithuania uh, there are a lot of already fishing styles used. Because in some other countries only one type of fish, for example, is popular. One way of fishing, or maybe two. Yeah. In Lithuania we have maybe 10 or 15, which are very regular thing that you go to the lake and you see it Someone is using one technique and another person totally different one. One is uh, trying to catch one fish and another different fish. Uh, in other countries, it's, it's not so. But if you take all countries and different regions, you'll find very different cases. Yeah. How people are and, and how we are fishing and how we try to uh, catch a fish. Yep. So what is happening? People buying our products, we find the best way how to use some particular case and we prepare for, for, for themselves uh, vlogging make, making just videos and we are sharing uh, your experience yeah I'm, I'm imagining the angling community is very it's, it's probably up there with like the gaming community and the amount they share content and write books and blog posts <laughs> so it's probably good in that way to, to get a product discussed yeah I mean that's a question how how technical is is your audience? I mean, like like Chris alluded to earlier, you do have this romantic image of people just sitting around fishing, you know, and, and getting away from technology. Like, you know, for example, we have one you know? person. I think it's actually quite technical, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people uh, even willingly spend time uh, to learn how to use mobile phones and even purchasing mobile phones for that. Yeah. Uh, we have one customer in Lithuania, he's, uh, I think, uh, 80 years old. Yes. Uh, he was coming to our office several times, so, like, uh, he was already using sonar. He says, guys, um, you know, uh, uh, I got an update and I don't know how to use uh, the product now. Maybe you can explain us how to use it in fishing. Okay, we were explaining. He was uh, coming back, he was fishing. Then he returns after half uh, a year again with some questions. Uh, bringing some uh, gifts uh, to our uh, team. Bring you fish. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's really personally, he, he before had just simple mobile phone 
phone, yeah. a hands phone or just yeah. regular phone. Exactly. He bought the Android phone, deeper, um, and he's spending a lot of time and enjoying this. That's really cool. That's cool. Can, that's can that's I, a great way to introduce someone to technology. I noticed when you were looking through the settings there, um, like Pro, Pro Plus. So I just wondered, what's the business model? Is it buy the device plus some kind of subscription plan? Or yeah. At the moment, uh, we don't have any subscription. Okay. And basically, uh, oh, so that's the model, the Pro. Yeah, Pro Plus. exactly. Okay. That's a model. We have different models, and uh, two of them are for more uh, advanced handlers, and one for those who spend less time. So it's very simple. You just cast it. Yeah. It starts sending, and you see uh, the dev, and if there is any fish. So it's very, very simple. Um, but also, if you purchase any of our product, you get uh, part of service. One is, of course, updating, upgrading um, an app. And in case uh, of our very first product, initially it was very simple. It was uh, also showing only dev and uh, uh, fish. But later we introduced a lot of updates. Uh, in uh, two years, period of two years, we got totally different product because we made a lot of firmware updates, app updates, and so on. So it was very amazing uh, to hear also from our customers that, wow, I want to simple thing, and it became even more advanced during the period when I have been using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are continuing this path. Yeah. Uh, we are adding the new features, providing service, uh, storing data, and so on. So I believe this is really quite helpful. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, you know, the, the the obvious question that everyone wants to ask at the moment when you talk about storing data is GDPR and things like that. <laughs> I guess you would know because a lot of people yeah. in Europe they don't know what, what that is. No, I, I guess well, I guess where people go fishing is not. I don't think it's personal. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's personal data so much. Unless, unless it's probably more about I found a perfect place to fish. I don't want anyone else to know about it. I was wondering about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does it? Do people? Does the data get shared amongst users at all? Like, um, can they look at other people's yeah. metrics and that kind of stuff? Uh, they can share. Uh, what they record uh, basically actually only, like competitive uh, sort of you know uh, no uh, we don't have at the moment um, anything like that okay. like competition etc yeah. but uh, we have cases when people are sharing their with metric map yeah okay like we are scanning part of the lake send to, to some friend and say look uh, I found a good place or a bad place I don't know and we are sharing uh, this information uh, at the moment, all information which is collected uh, is uh, accessible only for those people who collect this information. Yeah, so, if you record some information, analyze the lake, whatever, it will um, only be seen by you, except if you will share. Apart from the older gentleman you mentioned, are there any other sort of surprising stories that have come? Like, I don't know how many of these places where people are fishing are even mapped anyway. 
by like, by governments or by nature authorities? Have you ended up sort of surfacing information about a body of water that people didn't know about before? Did it? <laughs> yeah, we have some uh, stories, uh, interesting cases uh, when people uh, not about mapping data and using data for government uh, needs, etc. But we have funny stories like uh, someone was uh, trying to find good fishing spot in Netherlands. Uh, yes, and they saw something very strange on the bottom. They couldn't understand what's that. Uh, they got uh, scuba divers there, uh, divers there, <laughs> and they found the uh, fourth car. <laughs> really? Fourth a car. car. A car. Oh, a car. Yeah. yeah. That's something. That could be potentially something quite bad. <laughs> that sounds a bit sinister. No one was inside. Yeah. It was oh, only the car. Uh, this is a good part of the story. And they sent uh, us uh, pictures later <laughs> when they got already uh, rescue services yeah. uh, lifting a uh, car from yeah. the water. Uh, standing uh, beside it and Look so what on. we caught. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh, okay. And, I mean, what, what what kind of response have you had from the angling community in general? Like, is it is it been something that's been word of mouth kind of passed on or is it something that you've marketed directly to people? How have you, how have you attracted and reached the community? Initially, when we introduced the product, uh, the response, uh, I would say most of the questions and eat that was this is nonsense. It can't work. I don't believe it can work. Really? Maybe it's yeah. um, a box and it doesn't work. Um, and you explain how it works and so on. So people couldn't believe it could actually work. Like you can take your mobile phone, cast some a really small device into water and you will get information. Because before it was only available for boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So really big with the screens and so on. So this was very initial reaction. Uh, some people said that uh, maybe this is um, kind of cheating because uh, you gain uh, an advantage. advantage. Yeah. But basically that said people who are not angling. Yeah. Uh, those who are angling and uh, who are fishing, they said, okay, uh, I will get more information, but still I will need a, a lot of knowledge yeah, yeah. to understand yeah. how to catch that fish. Yeah. So, um, I would say that in general, when people already believe that uh, this technology could work uh, after testing and so on, our response was uh, really good and uh, very positive. What's next? I mean, you know, for the for the product and for the company, you know, what's your next goal? Okay, so now we are working really hard, of course, with the product itself. So yeah. We'll be coming uh, new products uh, for uh, some particular uh, anglers and uh, solving their problems and uh, giving the, the best product for them. So this is clear battle. Yeah. But also we are working really hard with the data and improving um, information which we are providing to our anglers. Yeah. So this is uh, the main, I would say, um, path where we are going. I can't talk a lot of, uh, about this, but uh, what will be in the future? Yeah, yeah. It's sure. a little bit too early. <laughs> uh, but I can tell several 
things which uh, we made already this year. Yeah, um, In the beginning um, of this year, we introduced the new service uh, which is storing all data from mobile phone on our servers. Yeah. Because before it was so, you go to the lake, you scan, and information is available only on your mobile phone. Okay. If you lose it, if you drop it into water, you lose your information. Unless you will have back it up in Google Drive or somewhere else. But basically, it was data on your mobile phone. What we did, uh, all information, of course, if you agree, is uh, coming to our uh, servers. Yeah. And you can access it basically with your login from any device. And also, we introduced the web interface to access information. Okay. Why that's important? Um, basically, people have a very small device, and it's very useful, it's very good when you are on the way. But what people do? We go to the lane, and later, when we have some time, we are planning next uh, trip. We are looking into the recorded data, and we are trying to plan where I will go, what I will do there, maybe I should go there, and so on. So we got totally new tool for planning and understanding and analyzing data. Um, so this is the path where we are going to, uh, to work, and we see a lot of opportunities to do something totally new using the data which we uh, access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned already that you have clients in a lot of places, and probably, actually, as is always, North America, and I'm guessing Canada as well is probably a big users, wow, outdoorsy people. Um, so is it quite common for Lithuanian businesses to be looking overseas most of the time? And I've, I've, I've done interviews with lots of founders in small, small countries around the world, and this is often one of the things I find that makes founders in small countries more motivated is because you have to look overseas from day zero. And is this, do you think, a common thing in Lithuania too? Like, do many, do many, like, especially in this field, like tech kind of businesses here ever try to just focus locally or do they always look overseas from day one? You are totally right. Yeah. I don't think this is something among uh, uh, small countries yeah. that you can't be uh, only local. And from the very beginning, you must uh, already plan how you will expand uh, to other countries, to other regions. Yeah. And Lithuania is also doing the same. We are really small country with uh, quite a small uh, market. Yeah. And what we have to do, we, we have to go somewhere else uh, to get clients and so on. Yeah. And Lithuania is very, uh, it has very open economy. Yeah. We are, if, if we are talking about um, uh, startups, uh, this is definitely the truth. Yeah. But also yeah. regular companies uh, which are providing some manufacturing yeah. service, etc. Yeah. They are doing exactly the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is there anything you would say that, um, let's focus specifically on kind of the, 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 the tech-related industries, otherwise it's a very broad question, but is there anything in particular that Lithuanians are good at? And we've, we've spoken to quite a few people making connected devices, but that just could be the people we've interviewed. So, you know, as far as you're aware, is there anything in particular that Lithuanians are very good at? Uh, so definitely Lithuanians are, if we're talking about technology, yeah. in particular, so 
Ninja with software. Yeah. yeah. A lot of companies in broad sense were into software product development, providing only software, software development services and so on, and also working with hardware. So I believe that Kubernetes are really good at both those sites yeah. and also interconnected them. Yeah. And one final question in that space would be. Um, what is good about running a tech business here and what if the, the government, the banks, venture capital or whatever, whoever it may be, could do something to make it easier, what would that be? You know, it's a difficult question because there are a lot of things which are done into correct uh, direction, yeah. would be, uh, but also there are a lot of things which can be improved, <laughs> as always. Your, your biggest frustration, your biggest uh, non-frustration, I can't think of what the right word there is, but, you know. I would say that the main area where we can still improve is education. Okay. Yeah, right. And, uh, we went to Kaunas University yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> What happened? This was uh, the case uh, several years ago, and a lot of people uh, were choosing more humanitarian direction and less technical direction. This is changing, and. Um, not only uh, government is doing uh, uh, working into that direction, but also and even maybe even more businesses working with it. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of private uh, initiations, uh, um, yeah. private uh, people and yeah. companies are working with this. And for example, uh, last year uh, there was uh, like rising uh, money uh, to buy. Uh, very small uh, embedded computers for children to start planning coding and to show for them that this is very interesting yeah. and so on. Yeah. So this was uh, a huge success. I, mean. I know it can be very practical things like when I interviewed people in Estonia often they said the biggest frustration they had was after Estonian Air went bankrupt getting anywhere is hard like yeah. to go to San Francisco or something complicated <laughs> and that's it's probably not too different here because it's a small country I mean we live in Berlin Berlin is the capital of Europe but because of our crap airports it's the same problem like getting to America you always have to go to Amsterdam or Frankfurt yeah. or yeah, something it's drama. Else. so it's the same problem we have yeah. the same problem <laughs> and um, where did you make your hardware did you make it locally or we are producing uh, our products in the beginning. Of course, some parts uh, like uh, some walls or, or ceiling yeah. is coming from China. Yeah. But uh, most uh, added malware part is uh, manufactured in Lithuania. So, uh, electronic assembling, final assembling, uh, storing, uh, shipping warehouses uh, here in Lithuania. And we are also really good at this. Uh, we can access uh, all markets around the world very efficiently. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, infrastructure to build uh, smart devices, uh, electronics, uh, software. So this is perfect place to be. And that was our interview with our, the Chief Innovation Officer of Deepa, Donatus Malinowskis. And if you've enjoyed today's show, we'd love you to get in touch with us. You can contact us via... 
gregariousmammal.com forward slash podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter, Kate underscore Lawrence. That's Kate with a C, Lawrence with a W. If you have a look on our website, you can, of course, see previous episodes. You can donate or buy some merch. And you can um, also join in and contribute to the show in a variety of ways. Thanks for listening.